This is one of my favorite gatherings of our church when we're, we're here together. Several years ago, when my older son was about, about two years of age, we were uh, going together, uh, my wife and uh, myself and my older sons before my younger son was born. And uh, he was in the back seat. We were driving down the road to go somewhere. Typically, uh, you know, with me being in a ministry, I drive to the church by myself and Janet would come with our children uh, later. And, but we were in the car and in the back seat, his little voice piped up, we're all together. And even to this day, when we gather as a family, one of us will say, we're all together. And so it's great when we come for one service and we're all together. And uh, it's, it's great for me to look out and see you here, but it, it's a little concerning when I see people not in their regular seat. <laughs> because you got here too late and somebody else got your seat. And so now I see Collins way up here. Collins, that's not your seat. And, uh, and it messes me up to see you up there. But, uh, but it's, it's wonderful that we're, we're all uh, together because we're, we're, we're accustomed to things. We're accustomed to our seat. We're accustomed to life kind of having its rhythm of things going as they should. You know, the sun comes up in the morning and the light gradually appears and then in the evening it goes down and the light gradually goes away. It's the way with life, our life. We're, we're accustomed to the aging process that slowly or most of the time slowly takes away some of our abilities, some of our skills. That's that rhythm that, that comes. You know, some of us, as I look around this room, we, we had that process of slowly losing our hair that, uh, that went on. And, and this, you know, early on, uh, I, you may not know this, but I, in, in high school, I was elected most likely to recede. And, 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 and it happened. Uh, and, uh, but it was a slow process. It was that, the process and the rhythms of life. We get used to those things. We're used to things happening as we expect. You know, the choir, they, they have their songs, and John leads them, and uh, Dan leads the orchestra. There is a rhythm that, to that song. If something happens to interrupt that rhythm, it, it throws everything off, and it's, it's just hard to keep that rhythm going. We think we're prepared. We think we're prepared for all of the unexpected things of life, but yet sometimes life throws us a curveball. This past year, has been an extremely difficult year for many in our church family. Typically, uh, as associate pastor and pastoral care and hospital visits and other things that I do as part of that, uh, doing funerals is a part of that. And it's, a, it's an honor to be with families. I get to meet and get to see such wonderful families within our church and see how they go through these, this process. But uh, I've looked back, and over the last, I've been here almost, uh, I've been here over 13 years. Typically, I'll do 20 to 25 funerals in a year, and that's kind of been the, the rhythm. Yesterday, I performed the 43rd funeral for this church this year that I participated in. The others have been, other staff members have participated in others, but it's been an unusual year. The rhythm of life 
got interrupted. We got caught off guard. There were those who were so lively and so full of life, and then they were totally and irrevocably gone. And the normal rhythm of life got interrupted by those experiences. But when we really analyze this, the fact that there is mortality, it's, it's, it's a well-known fact, and it's, it's expected. We all have an expiration date. We all have that time, and it is, it's an expected event. It just happened unexpectedly for many in our church family. Perhaps you've been one of those who's received a phone call, uh, and, and it was hard to believe what you were hearing. And the truth is that every one of us this year, perhaps, will either receive a call or be the subject of an unexpected call. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's dark, it's cloudy, and here I am talking about death and dying, and you've just had a wonderful Christmas experience, and you're about to celebrate New Year's, and here the preacher is talking about death and dying. But let me get to my point. Our pastor, over the last four weeks, has been sharing a wonderful series of sermons on Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. He began with week one, in which he was speaking of in Isaiah. There was a military threat that was facing the nation Israel, and they were fearful of what was about to happen. And God, through Isaiah, gave a prophecy that there would be a child who would be born under unusual circumstances. And there was, in that time, a child that fulfilled that prophecy, but it was looking forward to a greater fulfillment of that, in which there would be a child who would be born under extremely unusual circumstances, born of a virgin. A child would come, come thou long expected Jesus. And so Isaiah gave that prophecy of that coming child, and there would be this sign that would be given to them that this child would come. And it was a word to the church or to the people then that God will fulfill his word. Out of the book of Amos, the series or the circumstances around that is there was grave injustice being done among the people, the people against each other. It was injustice, and so they were crying out. And Amos gave a prophecy of there being a righteous judge who would come who would mete out justice. And so they longed for this judge who would come that would right the wrongs and truth would prevail. Come thou long expected judge who would come. And they said, in that day, in that day, the judge will come. Out of the book of Micah, it was the prophecy of in Bethlehem, this child would be born, the city of David. It would be a shepherd. It would be a ruler, a shepherd ruler who would come. And he would be there, and God would send a solution to our sinful situation. He would come. They were longing for this expected one who would come. And then again, out of Isaiah last week, 
his message was about this child, again, this child who would come, who would be the light, a light that would shine in the darkness, and he would be the wonderful counselor, the one who would be among us. He would be the mighty God, who would be God with us, who would be the everlasting Father, infinite and forever, and the Prince of Peace, the very source of shalom. And so it was an expected event. And for many years, they expected the rival, and they were, come thou long expected, deliverer, judge, shepherd, ruler, light. Years passed. The people were then oppressed by another outward uh, ruler from the outside, the Romans, came in in the period of 2,000 years ago where they were oppressing the nation of Israel, holding them under captivity, and they longed for the arrival, and they would cry out, come thou long expected. But yet he came, not as a military deliverer, but as a child. He came as a child, and he was a part of the oppression that was upon the nation, receiving the oppression, and then through that oppression was taken to a cross, nailed to the cross, and died. It wasn't what they expected. It was an expected event that happened unexpectedly. It is not the way they expected it to be. And they looked for a judge who would come, who would right the wrongs, but yet he came as a victim of injustice. He himself was a victim of the injustice of this world. He took upon himself the penalty for our sin when he knew no sin, the greatest injustice ever given upon mankind was upon this one person, Jesus Christ, who took upon himself our penalty. It came as a shepherd, the ruler, but yet he was the sheep that was led to the slaughter. He was the expected one to come, but he came unexpectedly. This be the light to point out all the bad things that people were doing, but yet he was the light that pointed to the righteous God, who God really is. And he was rejected. He was rejected because he did not come as expected. The expected one came unexpectedly. And he's still rejected today because he is not what people expect. People still expect him to be a lowly child in a manger who does not ask anything, who does not expect anything, who's just there to be adored. Or either he is the the one on the cross who gives us our get-out-of-jail-free card because he took his, our penalty on him, and we're scot-free, and we owe nothing. But when he becomes the resurrected Lord, it's not what people expect. He's the expected one who came unexpectedly. He himself said in John chapter 14, as he is that one who came. And John chapter 14 says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my Father's house 
or many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place, I will come again and receive you to myself. The fact is, he is the expected one who came unexpectedly. That was the first advent. The first advent of his coming was expected, but it came unexpectedly. And he tells us in this passage, told us in this passage, that there will be another advent, another coming. In the eyes of the prophets of the Old Testament, when they would look forward to the expected one, and they saw the peak before them of the coming, they would see beyond that peak another coming. And all through Scripture of the Old Testament, there is the prophetic story of the coming of a long-expected Messiah, but yet there is another coming. But in their mind's eye, the two peaks looked very close together. And for us, 2,000 years, we think it is such a long distance that it must have been a mistake. They must have been mistaken when they would see. But if you look into the book, especially the book of Revelation, there's an explosion of Old Testament prophecy that appears on the words of that book that speak of the coming again. But Jesus spoke of that coming. And again in Matthew chapter 24, listen to what he said. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let this house be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Just as his first advent was an expected event that happened unexpectedly, Jesus says, Our coming, my coming again is an expected event, but it will happen unexpectedly. This world is fading away. We, this world is, the history is verging into eternity. And he is the one who is the expected one who comes again. So, here we are. The very end of 2019, we're about to enter into 2020. So, how do we enter into this year? How do we face this year when we know that the rhythm of life that we live, there's expected events and then something happens unexpectedly? You, many of you this past year, you've had those unexpected events that have invaded your life. Other times, the unexpected event might be not an intrusion, but a joy, something that happened that was joyful in your life. And you've had these events, and so you look forward into the next year, and you think, okay, well, what's this next year going to hold for me? What's this next year going to be for all of us? And how can you face the unexpected events? When we know that the expected one came unexpectedly and the expected one is coming unexpectedly, how do we go into this year with that which comes to us in our personal life 
unexpectedly. You can face it two ways. You can face it with fear. You can face it with fear in the thinking that we are just the pawns of fate, that everything just happens and we have no control. We have no purpose. Things happen and we can live our life in despair and depression and just thinking, okay, it's just going to happen. So just let me live my life and just let it be. If there is a God, he is either unaware of what's going on, inattentive of what's going on, or even worse, incapable of making anything of worth out of what's going on. So we can face this year with fear, or we can face it with faith. We can face it with the faith of knowing that there is a sovereign God of this universe who has control, who, has work, who works through the experiences of this world to bring ultimate glory to his name, and we work through this. We live our life looking forward, but it's when we look back and we see the providence of God working in our life that we can see how his hand has been with us during those unexpected events. And so I would share with you that there are several things that we can do as we move through this next year. And all of us who have the privilege of preaching on this Sunday, I don't, I don't, I don't know how many preachers are going to do it this week or next week, but it's just low-hanging fruit for us to say, okay, let's have a 2020 vision. You know, you just got to use that. It's, it's the only time... Then we're going to be able to have that. So what is our 2020 vision for this year? So I've already used it. Pastor David can't use it next week. <laughs> I've stolen it from him, so he can't use that. So, uh, so we're now, so what is our vision? How can we move into this next year with a vision that can help us? How can we understand that the opportunity to be prepared, to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ to have that gift of eternal life. Well, the fact of his coming again provides us some certainty. There are many questions we might have, but there's some certainty we have. Because of the coming again, we know we are safely his. When you go through this year and you go through the times of this, this year, when those unexpected events happen, begin by knowing I am safely his. If you have faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're trusting in the provision that he has given to you of, his, of eternal life, you are safely his. In John chapter 10, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. My Father, I and my Father are one. Jesus, the great shepherd, the long-expected shepherd ruler, is the great shepherd. And he is that great shepherd who says, my sheep are mine, and I never let them go. We are securely his. No matter what happens in your life this year, no matter what comes in, as you go through this life and you're expecting the normal rhythm of life and then something happens unexpectedly, know that the 
expected one who came unexpectedly, the expected one who will come unexpectedly is the one who is with you now to hold you and never let you go. So we are safely his. Second thing that we can have knowing that the expected one is coming unexpectedly is we can have courage. First, First Thessalonians chapter 4 says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. He who was the great lamb, the lamb who was slain, comes, will come, and he will be the one who receives glory and honor and power. And so when we gather together, we have the courage and encourage each other. That's why it's so important to gather as a body of believers, because in that you gather that encouragement one with another of knowing that no matter what is happening in your life, you have that support. That's what I've heard these 43 times that I've sat with a family to work through this, I have heard countless times the body of Christ at Dawson Memorial has been my salvation. To be here to support me during this time. And I thank each of you through your life group, what you have done to assist and be with others in this church family who've gone through some very, very difficult times. But we encourage each other and we have courage to live in the midst of the unexpected events of life. Third thing that we learn through the coming, the expected coming. First John chapter 2, verse 28 says that we're called to live a pure life. And now little children abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. We are called to live with a hope beyond. It calls for us to live daily, a daily consecrated life, to live beyond the standards of this world who live solely on the hope of this world, we do have a righteous judge who will come, but it should not be for us a sense of fear and dread. It should be for us a call for us to live a pure life. Being a believer in Jesus Christ is not just, okay, the cross gave to me my salvation. I now have no responsibility whatsoever. I just live the way I want to live. It is when we kneel before that cross that we stand to live a very pure life. Not so that we can earn God's favor. Not so that we can be uh, careful about what we're doing. But it's because we give honor and glory to the one who saved us. And we live that pure life because we know his coming is unexpected and we want to be not put to shame by the life we're living. So as you enter into 2020, there may be some corrections that need to be made in your life as you adjust and think, okay, the expected can happen unexpectedly. 
how does my life measure up to what the call of the purity of life that must be mine as a follower of Jesus Christ. So we live today knowing we're securely His. We know that we have courage with each other, and we know we're called to live a pure life. And the fourth thing I would say is we're called to be ready. 2 Peter chapter 3 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And it speaks of that coming like a thief. It is that unexpected. There are many questions we could raise about the timing of the return of Christ and the situations about what will happen. And you can get with all kind of people who've got the charts and everything else that can line it out. There are many questions. But the one question today is, are you personally ready? Are you personally ready? As we enter into 2020, there'll be many unexpected events that will come. Many events that will come into your life. Some will be pleasant surprises. Others will be unwanted intrusions. But that will happen. Christ will come. But we know this. Christ has come. Christ was crucified. Christ was buried. Christ rose again, and Christ will come again. These things we know. So have you placed your life securely in God's providential care, trusting that all will work together for His infinite glory This trust begins by, first of all, trusting in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, placing your faith and life in what Christ has done for you by His taking upon Himself the penalty for your sin, dying on that cross and rising again, defeating the two foes that we have that we look to, our sin and ultimately eternal death. He has defeated those foes. He is the deliverer, the long-expected deliverer that has always been looked for. He is that deliverer. He will come as that righteous judge who will then settle and then will satisfy justice as it must be. He will come as that shepherd ruler who will then have dominion over all. And when we sing the song, Joy to the World, the Lord is Come, it is actually looking forward to that day when He comes in the second advent, in which He will be that ruler and the shepherd king. And He will be the light in which there is no need for any sun nor stars any longer, because in Him will be the light that we will live in eternity, glorifying. So the question today, are you ready? Are you ready for the unexpected events that will come into your life this year? You can be ready when you know that you're securely His, that you have courage by being in fellowship with one another, by living a pure life, and by repenting of your sins and trusting in Jesus Christ. So the call for us today 
is for us to be ready. Events happen. The rhythm of life flows. But there are times when those events happen that interrupts the rhythm of life. And when those events happen, it is when we have a secure faith in Jesus Christ. It doesn't take it away. It doesn't even soften it. It's still hard. It's still hard. What it does to you is gives you a perspective. A perspective that changes it from being a depressing, debilitating, unexpected event to being one in which you trust and know that God is working through this and will lead you through. So our call today as we enter into 2020 is to be prepared for the expected events, but also for the unexpected ones. Are you ready? The opportunity now is for what we call an invitation. And in an invitation, it's an opportunity for you to come and to say, I want to be ready. I want to acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I want to give my life to Him. Or it's an opportunity for you to say, I want to be a part of a congregation where when this year the unexpected events happen, I have a body a body of believers around me in which I can draw strength and courage and to be a part of this body. So our purpose for an invitation is that now, for a public way, you can make that known. So we will stand after I pray, and John will come and lead us in a time of invitation. There'll be those of us here at the front. We invite you and encourage you to come. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you for this time together with your word. Thank you for these who are gathered here today. May we enter into this next year knowing that you are the sovereign God of this universe and that as you enter into this with us, that there is nothing that will happen that catches you off guard. There is nothing that can happen in our life in which you're thinking, I don't know what to do now. You're with us. And through the presence of your Holy Spirit, we thank you that we have that hope, that help for our life. So now, as we gather for this time of invitation, I pray that you will use this time in the lives of individuals who may need now personally to make publicly a decision, but also personally within their life to say, Lord, I want to be ready for whatever happens this year. And even if this year is that year, when your expected return happens unexpectedly, I want to be ready. So we thank you for the moment we have here. In the name of Jesus, I pray.